Welcome to Kicking It Local. I am Johnny Kecko, and this podcast is all about talking to the local community in South Australia, the football community, where I chat to players, coaches, officials, everyone that's in between because we they've all got a story to share, and it is a great community, and we need to highlight them every single week. And today's episode, I'm chatting to a player who's involved with playing in a first team for State League One football, but also coaches the under-16s teams as well at the Adelaide Hills Hawks. Daniel Pauly, thank you for joining me. Pleasure to be here, mate. I'm looking forward to chatting to you, mate, because uh, I, I look forward to chatting to everyone, actually, because uh, everyone's got a great story to share. And I've spoken to some professional footballers that have played in South America, some that have played nationally in Australia, some just been playing over 400 games in the local leagues. But chatting to someone like you that's still in your um, your prime, you're only 20, around 27 years old. You played briefly in the NPL, in State League um, 1 for a majority of your career, and also you've had time in the State League 2. So you've you've been through all three levels in South Australia. So I'm looking forward to getting to, to see your experience in the, uh, in the football uh, leagues in South Australia. Yeah, look, I um, haven't got any great stories about being in South America, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've... Uh... Definitely been around the trap over the years, so I've got a little bit to share, I guess. And Adelaide Hills Hawks is what I want to chat to you about, especially because very first episode I chat with Gaz Von Duvet, your head coach of Adelaide Hills Hawks, and uh, we spoke about the Hawks, that uh, what it's like being involved in a club that's pretty much like a, a regional setup, but it's only a half an hour from the city, the CBD of Adelaide. And uh, for yourself as a player, you've lived in uh, the uh, the hills all your life. What's it like being a part of this little community? Look, it's uh, it's a very different sort of experience having played down in the city in the past in juniors, um, and then to come back up into the to the hills as a senior footballer. Um, you really get a sense of community there. Um, I look around at some of the players that I've played with. I've known pretty much my whole life. Um, Players like Jake Leckel, I went to kindergarten with him, primary <laughs> school, high school. We've done the whole thing together and then, you know, we have a couple of years apart and then we're playing football together mm. and we played together for the last eight years. So even people like Daniel Hosking, I've known since I was eight years old. Um, but it really is a beautiful thing um, playing for the, the region that you represent. Um, I think we have a lot of benefits over more regional towns because we do have a lot of influence from um, players coming from the city because I mean if you have a good culture going on players are prepared to drive and make mm. that make that uh, that trip down so we've got quite a few boys that live down south that come up um, twice a week and then for game days as well so I think it's really all about the culture and what you build as a club and that makes people want to come to you. Absolutely, and that's um, definitely true. Because so I've I've seen a lot of your volunteers that you have at the club as well. They're just so hardworking, and most of them are parents of the players that play in your first team reserves, and also the under 18s and all the other levels as well. But it's so good to see the the community factor um, at the club, and it's very strong, especially with uh, someone like the president, um, Dan Butler. Yeah, look, uh, Butts is huge for the club. He came in as the president. Uh the year we got relegated into State League 2 um, and he's just made a massive difference. He got involved, he got sponsors stuck in and really like pushed behind the boys to get us back up and um, it's not very well known but us as a club we kind of struggle with finances. We find it really hard to find sponsors because it's a very AFL dominated area. Mm. Um, So we don't really have the big bucks to throw around at players to make them come and we really did struggle with sponsors for quite a few years so 
having Butler on board was massive. Um, going into looking at other volunteers and stuff like that, you look at the McGinley family who live around the corner in Woodside. They're literally at the nest every single day, um, whether they're cleaning, like uh, ads is always on the machine, running down, like chopping up the grass, like making sure the pitch is looking pretty. Um, uh, Benny Mc Benny Brindle and Anna, Benny's our goalkeeper coach and paints all the goals. He does pretty much anything you need, <laughs> any hardware, whatever it yep. is. Anna's always in in behind the kitchen as well, cooking up a storm for all of us. Um, it really is a, a special environment. And being involved with the junior setup, you really realize how much time they spend mm. there because you're there over the course of the week a lot more than what you are as just a player. So to see them um, there just as much if not more, you really get an understanding of how valuable they are for the club. Absolutely. And I want to talk about your involvement with the under 16s as well and the junior setup because that's um, not many players choose to do that because it's a lot of commitment. You've already got a, a big commitment playing on the weekends for the seniors as well as uh, training for the team as well. But then on top of that, you're going to train the juniors, the next generation as well. So there's a big commitment there and a lot of players don't usually uh, do that. We see, we see um, uh, a lot do it, but not that many. And uh, I do definitely want to chat about that later on and also talk more about the Hawks. But before we get to that though, there's a long journey before you got to back to the Hawks. Hills was always in your in the roots because you grew up in uh, in the Adelaide Hills. But you started your junior years at Adelaide City. What was it like coming through the junior ranks at a club that's got so much history? Yeah, look. So obviously, I started all my grassroots playing at Sterling East Soccer Club, which was just like my yeah. my primary school. Um, but then when I was prepared to take it up to the next level. Um, I moved down the hill to Adelaide City. Um, I went for a trial there at under 12s. Um, it was a really, really good experience. Straight away, I actually got picked in the Bs um, and spent the first, I don't know, month or two playing with the Bs and then I got elevated into the As pretty quickly. And yep. the players that I played with in that team was quite ridiculous. So over the years I played there, I played with Ben Garuccio, Stefan Mork, Jeez. Bruce Kamau, um, players that have blown up professionally, really. Um, and you don't really realize the quality that you're playing with yeah. at the time. Like we won the league under 12s, 13s, 14s in the A division. We made the cup final three years in a row. And you don't really appreciate maybe like what that standard is yeah. um, until you reflect back on it. Um, and well, yeah, like Steph, um, Steph and Mork, the most recent uh, captain for LA United now playing in Japan. So you got some, um, uh, big players I like that you grew up with as well. So yeah, he was a good friend of mine. Actually, we were at my 14th birthday party. I had three <laughs> people there and Bruce Kamau was one and Stefan Mork was the other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Jeez. And you share that photo, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. Might be in the archive somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, see, that's the cool thing that happens through the, the game of football because you meet people like that. Um, unfortunately, we meet so many different people in the in the game and you, you see them when you're junior years, but you, you'll taper off afterwards, go on to different clubs, different levels as well. Um, is there any other like experiences you had at that club that just uh, have helped you to where you are today? I just think playing with the standard of players that you do, it really elevates your level. Mm. Um, I had some really good coaches there. Um, 
in under 13s. Um, Ricky Petropoulos was my coach, um, who then coached me again um, in senior football at Metro Stars. Um, and he also was my boss for the past seven years as well. So as much as wow. your relationships, <laughs> they do taper off. There's some yeah. that they continually, you find your way back. And that's what happens in the football community. I've found um, a lot of the time, there's even been players that I've played against in the past that I didn't like when we played on the football yep. pitch. And then at senior level, you play against them again. You have a beer with them in the club rooms after. You're like, actually, you're not too bad a bloke after all. Like, yep. it's countless amount of times that's <laughs> happened. And I'm very confident that people have felt the same way about me because, you know, when you when you cross the line, you're playing for your club. You're mm. always there to represent yourself and be competitive. But at the same time, like, everyone's just good people really well absolutely and i've seen you play um for the hawks i've commentated a couple of your games um and i've, I've seen how you play you're like an engine in the middle of the, the field and you're non-stop and i think i see you get agitated as well because if things uh obviously if your team's down and stuff you got the passion and you can actually see that in you that you care about the club you care about winning and i know a lot of players do but you work hard off the ball as well to try and help your team which uh is a characteristic that not every player has in them. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. I think for me personally, I've always had the the mindset that when you're on the pitch, mm. you should leave it all on there. Yeah. Um, but especially since moving to the Adelaide Hills Hawks and like this club has my family really entrenched in it. Yep. Craig Leith has known me since the day I was born. The head coach when I first moved to the Hawks, Juan Rodriguez, Jeez. has been a family friend since I was 10 years old. Um, and like I said, playing with people that I've known for so long and this is my community. Yep. Um, I really go that, I try to at least go that extra mile and you see like what the volunteers do for the club. Um, I feel like if you're not going to leave it all on the pitch for those people, then you're not really getting the job done. And it's not, mm. it's not fair on the people that they work a lot harder than I do for 90 minutes. Yep. So just put it all out there and then, you know, they're going to be working hard for hours and hours to make sure that we have everything set up that we need. So that's just the way I've always looked at it. That's a great way to, to, to look at it as well. And also your other junior years that you've um, you've uh, went through as well was at Metro Stars where you eventually got your debut, um, your senior debut as well at the club. What was um, that experience like being a Metro Star? Because you look at them now, they're a really a big club with um, Robbie Saracino as the head coach. What, uh, what was that like, that experience for you at, um, at Metro Stars? Yeah, so I moved over to uh, Metro Stars. at the. It was under 19s back there when I was 16. Um, again, so that's where I got coached by Ricky Petropoulos. He yep. pulled me over there. Um, that was probably the most shaping part of like my football career really um the first year i was there the first team reserves and seniors all won the cup the first team was coached by rick sriracha who is now the head coach at adelaide victory yep. um and to get a bit of opportunity training with them a couple of times and just seeing players like scott tumbridge who played in the a-league with newcastle jets adam van dommel people like lee robertson daniel godley these mm. are not only brilliant footballers, but um, brilliant people. And you see the way that that club was run. The volunteers there were also fantastic. Um, every Thursday night, they would have dinners at the club. They really promoted having that whole senior group together, whether it was 
the 19s, the reserves of the first team, and it was a very uh, welcoming environment. Um, yeah, I felt really at home there. I played there with my best mate, um, who's still my best mate now. Um, and yeah, look, it's it was just a really, really enjoyable time playing at that club. Um, to get my debut at 17 hmm. was pretty pretty special i mean i'm not gonna lie they had a few injuries out at the time so that's how i managed to (laughs) jump up the pecking order but you take it when you get the opportunity you know and um yeah it was awesome it really was i got to go over to uh with the team to perth as well to with the senior team to play a tournament over there i was just uh the because metro won the the mpl that year they played the mpl winners in perth Yep. Um, and they took over a few young boys. So to go over there and be involved in that experience as well was was pretty awesome. And it's pretty like eye-opening when you see such quality players and you're sort of floating around and it kind of set the standard of, you know, what my expectations are. Yep. Um, when I came back to the Hawks, like I want to be playing at that level. I want to be playing. I want to set that standard that, you know, everyone who's involved in the club wants to strive towards greatness or yeah. like at least playing at a higher level and you um you did eventually come straight to the Adelaide Hills Hawks from Metro you stayed there for a couple of seasons uh what was that like to play for a club that was after all that time being down the hill um through junior years and also being um your senior debut at Metro what was it like to finally put on the uh, the red and blue jersey yeah it was great uh didn't really know what to expect um I had a Knew at quite a few people there, so I was already feeling pretty comfortable coming there. But obviously, it was my my first time breaking into a first team squad. Um, was nineteen at the time. Um, yeah, look, I played every game that season, so I wasn't. I came in with a really. I honestly came in with the idea that I wanted to get in, make a name for myself, and yep. try and get myself back into the NPL. But as like time progressed over that course of the season. I just fell in love with the boys. I fell in love with the club. I realized that, um, the community is just like really important to me, um, to represent my community as well is hugely important. Um, and to play around with players that I've known for such a long period of time, it's, it was just brilliant and it still is. Absolutely. And in that period, you've been there since, um, for a very long time now, but there was a short stint that you left the Hawks for and they were in the State League 1, I believe, at the time when you left them and you went to the NPL. You got another shot in the NPL with West Torrens, Bacala. Um, half a season there. What was that like to get that jump up a little bit to a higher level for yourself and just test yourself at the level? Was it what you were expecting for yourself personally? Um, to some extent, I kind of wish that I had that opportunity maybe a few years later. Um, because I wasn't really in the that mental state of really wanting to push myself. I got the opportunity, which yeah. was fantastic. And like in retrospect, I wish I gave it a little bit more. But in that period of my life, I was more interested in, you know, partying, having a good time with mates. And, yeah. and I was still fully committed. Don't get me wrong. Every time I play football, I'm fully committed. But I didn't maybe have that mature mindset to take advantage of it for what it was. Um, in saying that, um, being involved there, training three mm. nights a week, four nights a week um, during preseason and stuff, I got a lot sharper. Um, I got a better understanding of the game. Um, I made new friends over there as well. It's a really welcoming, uh, friendly club, um, but it lifted my standards as well. 
Um, so also playing there with players like Ian Kamau, who was just a fantastic player. These are players that you're competing with to get minutes. It didn't really work out as much as I would have hoped to. Um, but I came there to give it a crack and, you know, um, you know, you take those opportunities when I realize that, you know, maybe it's not as likely that I'm going to get as many minutes as I, as I would have hoped. I had to sit back and reflect. I played like a handful of games with the reserves and they had a really strong reserves team with like a bunch of young kids coming yeah. up. And I just sort of looked at myself and I was like, look, what you're doing here is taking up the opportunity for a, a young kid to come and get their opportunity at a higher level. And um, that didn't really sit well with me. And I knew that um, I was always wanted and welcomed back home. And um, yeah. I made sure that I left uh, the Hawks on good terms so I could always have that avenue back. So when I reflected and I said, look, I don't feel I don't feel like it's right, me sitting here playing reserves, it's not what I came here to do. Um, I made a phone call and came straight back um, yeah. up the hill. And not many people would do make that decision as well. So was it uh, purely you that made that decision? Or was there someone that, did you have a mentor or someone helping you? Or was that just something that you just knew that it was right? Nah, I just knew it was right. I, I came there with the mentality that I wanted to play as many yeah. minutes in the MPL as possible. And at the start of the season, I did get those opportunities. Um, but the team went for a few games where they were losing. And I think they lost 5-0 to Adelaide City one week. Um, and so I was talking to the coach and he was was still looking at keeping the same team going and I was kind of saw the writing on the walls there. Um, at the end of the day, that's football and yep. uh, I don't really expect to or didn't really expect to be getting selected over bigger names. Um, and for me, it's always been about, yeah, obviously trying to play at the highest level you can, but also it's important to play somewhere where you're valued and um, somewhere where you can see value in, you know. Absolutely. And uh, you made your move back to the Adelaide Hills Hawks. Unfortunately, the timing wasn't the best because you were in NPL with West Torrens Bacala, um, and you went back to the Hawks who were in State League 1. But unfortunately, that was the year they got relegated into the State League 2. So for you personally, for the club, they got relegated down to the third division from second. But for you, you went from the top division all the way down to the third within the matter of six months. What was that toll on you like to go from that level of being around elite players in the NP NPL to playing against people that standard in State League 2 at that period in time wasn't there at all clubs so what was that like personally the realization of playing against uh, clubs that weren't as high as playing against the likes of like LA City and stuff like that in that same league uh yeah it was look the the drop on a personal level wasn't as hard as the heartbreak it was to get relegated with the Hawks. Yep. Um, that's probably what hurt the most, the fact that um, the club hadn't been in the third division for a long time. Um, when you got dropped into that league, it was really for the club like a make or break time. Yep. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was really, it was difficult um, to take, but this is why I love the club so much when we did get relegated only two players left. The rest of the team stayed. We stayed together as a group. We made a commitment as a team that we want to go back up. We want to get the club where they belong. Um, and along with that came all the old boys like Daniel Butler, Doug Montgomery. They really uh, old ex-Hawks players. They got on the board yep. um, and they said, okay, we're going to make a stand now. We're going to get 
behind the club. We're going to make sure that this club moves upwards. It doesn't sink because there's been too many people that have put in too many hours to this club to yep. let it fall to the wayside. Um, and yeah, I was the first on board with that. There was no way I was leaving. That's um, a great mentality. Cause I've spoken to other guests about that, how some clubs struggle because uh, when they relegate from get relegated from NPL to State League One, there are a lot of players, obviously some chasing the money, some just loving that the higher level of the football. So they stay in the league, unfortunately, leaving the club behind. And that club suffers as sometimes. Sometimes they, they do good um, and get back up, but then... There's just there's all different um, highs and lows with the the relegation, unfortunately. But a club like the Hawks having that core thing, it, it sounds like it was that. Well, actually, it ended up being a very good thing for you guys because within two seasons you made your way back up. But what does uh, we see it as uh, the getting being relegated? You're playing in a different league. You you drop to a lower level. But as a club um, and also as players. What are the changes that actually happen to the club? Because there's a lot more that's put on the club than what we see on the outside. So what us can you give us a little bit of an insight of what it's actually like um, for a club to be relegated? Yeah, look, it's when it's a club that you love, um, and I look around that room when we did get relegated, there was so many people that absolutely gutted. There was it it meant more than just a relegation, like, oh, I'm gonna have to find a new club or um, you know, I'm going to have to get paid somewhere else yeah. or, or something like that. There were people, majority of the people in that room were gutted. Um, and the changes that led from that, um, Craig Leith came back as our head coach, who is pretty much Mr. Hawk. He's been there since the start, um, has coached juniors for years. He's coached kids that have come all the way up from, from under eights into the into the first team, um, so what we found is the community really really got behind one another. So that's the changes that we made um, on a personal level for me. That was uh, probably that age where the maturity really came came in. I said, I don't want to be playing in state league two. I haven't really been taking my fitness that seriously. I haven't been. Um, dieting overly well over like the last few years I've just been playing at a at a standard level that I knew was was reasonable but I knew that I could be better yeah and I wanted to be better for the club um, and I think a lot of people had that mentality as well rather than moving on or like getting their heads down and giving up it was okay let's take a step up um, and let's really give it a crack um, and that first year as well we came Second by goal difference, which meant we had to go into the 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 knockout um, in the finals, and then lost our our qualifying final at home to Adelaide Victory. That was probably as heartbreaking as it was um, when we got relegated because mm. we were so 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 close, um, but yet so far away. Um, and then the second season, obviously, I think we won the league by a comfortable amount, six to eight points or something, and then won the double as well. It really made everything a little bit more sweeter. Absolutely, and uh, you guys won the, uh, the the championship at Cooper Stadium. What was that feeling like playing at Cooper Stadium? Because the last year, due to renovations at Cooper's, unfortunately the games couldn't be played there. But you were lucky enough to play your grand final at um, the the home of football. What was it like as a player? Because you may have played there during your junior years, um, but playing a game with with uh, such importance for the club after the, the many years of disappointment of relegation, what was it like 
to to go out there and and to win. Yeah, look, honestly, it's one of my favourite days yep. um, as a footballer, really, uh, playing on there, um, beautiful turf in the stadium, you mm. know, playing with your best mates um, and getting the victory as well. It was, it was something special, especially the way that the game went, getting up 1-0 pretty early on, then towards the end of the second half, they scored one all. We're like, okay, now we're going into extra time. I think we had two players coming off injured within the first half. So I think one player got injured uh, in the first half and then we replaced him. And then that player that we replaced him with got injured as well. Um, and so we're like, okay, we're really going to be up against it now. And then we pulled through and won 3-1. And yeah, look, that season of football was just genuinely one of my favourites ever. The celebrations were wild. Mm. Um, the... The atmosphere was fantastic. We had so many juniors out there watching. We had so many parents out there watching. For me personally, like most of my mates came out and watched as well. And I know there's a bunch of other players in the team that had the same. So it was, it, I felt like there was a big portion there supporting the Hawks. And yeah, that was, that was special for sure. I was there for uh, that game at Cooper's and it was, it was great to watch and seeing what the club were. Cause that was my first, my first year or second year involved in local football going out to games because at the time I was uh, volunteering uh, at a community radio station in the hills yep. and uh, the two clubs in the hills, Mount Barker United and yourself, um, Hills Hawks, were a big um, part of my time at the Hills Radio, talking about the games every week. So I was across everything that was going on and so it was cool to see you guys succeed uh, the way you did and I do remember you sold me one of your um, the premiership jerseys as well, uh, tops as well that night you were celebrating that hard I sold it to you I should have just given it to you mate <laughs> honestly everything that you've done uh, for promoting uh, sport in the hills is, has been phenomenal to be perfectly honest um, obviously we've known each other for four or five years mm. now since you got involved uh, at Hills Radio I went on the radio with you back in the yeah. day um, it's just been fantastic because like I said earlier Hills is such a dominated area by AFL and to have someone come in, come in with passion and, and interest in the sport and really want to push it in the area was, yep. has been so special. Um, and then to see you get your, your rewards now, you're commentating in MPL and um, also um, got your own podcast getting on bigger <laughs> names than me, that's for sure. Marcelo Karuska this morning, I heard. Like, yep. Fantastic, Hey, mate. two legends in one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you flatter me. But honestly, uh, what you've done for, for the community in Adelaide Hills for, for football has been been very special, mate. Oh, thank you, mate. I appreciate those kind words. And uh, for me, the Hills wasn't really a, uh, an area that I I grew up in because I'm actually from the city. I'm from the, the western suburbs of west South side. Australia, uh, western suburbs of South Australia, and also um, I used to drive up there because the opportunity up there was it was great for me. But it's um, but now I'm involved in local football in South Australia, which is I want to promote that game, and that's what the this podcast is all about. Because I helped who's the hills now I'm helping South Australia, which You're is just a helper, mate. Mate, I absolutely love it. But enough about me. Now talking to you about you helping other people as well. You helped the youth um, in the Adelaide Hills Hawks, uh, the under-16s, because we spoke earlier how it's a big commitment to be a footballer. Um, NPL, huge commitment. State League One, still a big commitment. Um, you got tr you train a few nights a week. You got the, your game on the weekend. So depending on the time, if it's a 7 p.m. game, that's most of your day. It's, it's um, just taken up with football. But on top of that, you're coaching juniors. What motivates you to, to do that? Um, 
honestly, for me, it's been just looking forward to seeing that next generation come through at the hills. Mm. Um, like I mentioned a few times, it's it's really difficult at times for us to attract players or at least big name players. So when I reflected on my time at the club and I looked down in the in the juniors, I really thought us as a club to succeed in the future, you really need to invest in the youth. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought there's no better way to uh, invest in the youth than actually get involved with a team. Um, so I've been involved with these boys since they were under 14s. Um, I remember coming out and watching um, one of their games uh, when they just had a junior day or something and we came out and had a watch and I saw this team play. I was like, they, they play attractive football. They play out from the back. Clearly they've been coached pretty well yep. in the past from previous coaches. Um, the coach there at the time, Hamish Lewis, was playing in our reserves um, and he asked me to come out um, and take a training for them because he he had a game that night. So I took a training with them and, and they just loved it and I loved it as well. And um, yeah, honestly, I, I came to every single game after that, came to like a fair few trainings after that. And, yep. Um, at the end of that year, uh, Hamish quit. He said he just needs to focus on other parts of his life. And I got a lot of feedback from parents saying like, we really want you to be involved um, with the boys. The boys really want you around. Um, but with my studies and other commitments with working, I couldn't commit to doing it by myself. Yep. Um, so I'm co-coaching with um, a guy named Nick Brook and we've done the together for the last two seasons now. He's been fantastic. Um, I've learned a lot from him on a personal level, um, not just on a, on a coaching level, but um, really how to work with kids, how to get the best out of them um, and how to, you know how I can be. I can be quite a passionate and emotional person at times. Yep. Sometimes to reel in those emotions, and sometimes we catch each other reeling us, reeling each other in on the sideline. But um, yeah, he's been really good for me in my personal development, um, and the boys have just been fantastic. I look at them like little brothers. Um, couldn't imagine really not being involved with them, to be honest. Did you ever have someone like yourself? When you were growing growing up at the the junior junior ranks at City and Metro Stars, or was anyone like that that you just aspired to? Or no, nah, not really. To be honest, um, at Adelaide City, there wasn't really any crossover with the juniors and the the seniors at all. Um, at Metro, there might have been a little bit more, but I was already in the senior yep. senior setup then, so I didn't really come across it. I I wasn't aware of it, um, but I know that that kind of impact, what that impact would have had on me um, would have been something great. And yep. I'm not even, I'm not saying I would have been anything like an Adelaide City senior player dropping down and like talking to the juniors, but I know that the the impact that it can have, the motivation that it gives to know that there are first team players interested. And yep. a lot of my mates in the senior team, there's been plenty of times they've come out and watched games as well. So it really builds that connection. I've had the boys in the change rooms before the game, talking to the senior players, um, trying to wrap their head around a few things, asking them some questions, like really pick their brains. And I think what it does is it really builds the community, really builds the club together. And yeah, that's been, uh, that's, it's been fantastic to watch people like Callum Hutchins coming out on a Sunday morning, uh, to watch, watch my boys play and then give me some opinions is, uh, something that I really appreciate as well. Is coaching something you want to do after football, after playing? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's why I'm trying to dip my toes in now, um, get involved with the juniors. I'm 
spend so much of my free time looking at different formations, structure, styles of play, really still trying to develop my own craft as far as like what football rules that I would have and what I like to hold to. Um, but yeah, definitely um, there's a huge passion in that. Um, would like to coach senior football one day, but I think that right now I'm just learning the best I can and you know, focusing on my own football at the same time. And like you said, like it can get a little bit difficult with the yeah. Saturday night game. And then there was a period of time where all of our home games were at 8.30 in the morning. So yeah, not really having much of a weekend, but... So 8.30 on a Sunday morning? 8.30 on a Sunday morning. And that's after morning. a 7 p.m. night at the, the Hawks. Yeah, so get home 10.30, 11, Jeez. up at 6, 6.30 the next morning. But, you know, it kept me on the straight and narrow as well. And it has been really positive for my own development um or maturity at least to you know move on to that next stage of my life and say okay more professional commitment you know yeah absolutely and uh, and with all that that time that's consuming you with the football um at the hills hawks playing and coaching you wouldn't have too much time for yourself but you did manage to get out to some adelaide united games as well for oh, a bit of downtime and uh, you had your own cheer squad as well and the weird bit about it is that you had the uh, the Izzo army. So at the time, Paul Izzo was the goalkeeper for LA United. Correct, yeah. And you decided for some reason to create your own Izzo army for the goalkeeper, which doesn't necessarily happen for every goalkeeper, does it? No, nah, I wouldn't say so. Um, look, it kind of just happened. Uh, me and two of my best mates were just sitting around watching an Adelaide United game at home, sipping on a couple of beers and... I don't know, I can't remember whose idea it was, but we just thought we want to go out and get involved in the football community. Yep. We want to have a bit of a laugh, be a little bit of public nuisance, have a bit of fun. Um, so we're like, what is the most random thing that we could possibly do? And we're like, okay, you know what? Let's be the goalkeeper fan squad. And so we dubbed ourselves as the only goalkeeper fan squad in the world. We don't really know that factually, but we could pretty much assume that that was the case. Um, we printed out little chants. We made chants yep. um, to sing. I remember the first game that we actually went to, we didn't wear. So we wore bright green, obviously, yep. because that was the color of Izzo's kit. Um, but we came incognito just in casual clothes the first time. And we went over towards where the Red Army were and we had a few beers in hand and we had our chants and we just started chanting a little bit. We had some very strange looks from people around <laughs> um, and we're like, okay, we can't really be on this side because, you know, the Red Army, they're too loud. We, yeah. can't, we, can't, we can't really put ourselves out there if we're just getting drowned out by the Red Army. So then we, we took some notes and we went back to the <laughs> drawing board and then um, next week we came back, we went on to the opposite end. We wore bright green. And we started handing out our chants to people which had a Facebook uh, trademark on there that said, follow us, Izzo Army on Facebook. Yep. Um, and yeah, look, it actually took off a little bit more than what you'd imagine, to be honest. That's funny. And I've actually got your uh, bit of a chant right here for you as well. Paul is the best keeper on earth. Paul is a, do you know what that's worth? Paul is the best keeper on earth. There you go. There's a bit of a snippet there from uh, one of the games. Uh, yeah, look. <laughs> just, <laughs> Did it get better than that? Yeah, yeah. look. That was after uh, a few beers uh, leaving the stadium, actually. Uh, so it was better than that. Um, but look, really, we ended up just absolutely loving it. We had these 
boys that used to rock up. We had yeah. no idea who they were at the start. They they just loved what we were doing and they came and sang chants with us at the That's start. Great. Then they'd come back um, the next week and they were all wearing fluoro hats. Um, so they were getting around the Izzo army as well. Like my, my mate's brother came, my sister came to one game. Like it was, it got really, uh, we had an army of about 20, 30 people at some games. So it was a a real Izzo army. There you go. It was a genuine army. One of my favorite moments was, uh, sitting in, uh, in my uncle's house in Switzerland, uh, watching the, the FFA cup final when Adelaide United beat Melbourne city four nil. Yes. Um, and it, for some reason it was being played across Europe as well. So I was sitting there on the couch and I was just waiting, looking for the boys and you just see the camera span across to like this little shroud of green in like the bottom corner of, and I'm like to my uncle, there's my mates, they're there and they're that standing up chanting with serious passion. It was great. That is fantastic. See, I love those type of stories from uh, footballers because even though you guys play football, you are fans of the game as well. And a lot of you go out to games. Some are Red Army members, but yourself, you create your own army. So it's um, cool to share that on here as well. And uh, we've got to try and resurrect it, but maybe with a maybe with a Gauchi. Gauchi gang. Yeah, Gauchi we, gang. We've been thinking maybe Gauchi gang, but I don't know. Maybe maybe those days are past me. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was definitely, I think, being involved in the footballing community is just awesome. And you have to get involved in whatever way you can, you know. Absolutely, man. And uh, I really appreciate you joining me. But before I let you go, I've got to do the kicking it questions. Um, every guest gets asked these. And uh, who would you love to kick it with on a football park? Anyone in the world? Oh, uh, would have to be Jordan and Shakiri. Nice. Would have to be. Any reason? Well, um, my Swiss background, so... Yep. He's always been my favourite player and um, maybe he could teach me how to use my left foot. Who would you kick it with? Because uh, a lot of people that know you closely will know that uh, you like to uh, have a big Saturday night. So who oh, would you love to anymore. kick it with? Not anymore, not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> who would you love to kick it with on a Saturday and watch some football? For... Someone locally and someone international as well. Someone locally? All right, I'd have to pick my boy Callum Hutchins because... I sit with that bloke for hours and talk about football. Yep. So I think we we spend way too much time talking about soccer. We probably need to start talking about something else. Yeah. Um, and internationally, well, we'd need a translator, but would have to be Lionel Messi. That's oh. that's the idol, my friend. So nice. I have uh, to get him on board. It's ironic because I had um, Marcello Karuska recording on the same day because I record a few at a time these episodes. And he said the exact same one, um, not not uh, not Hutchins, but he said um, he said Messi as <laughs> well. Well, he's missing out if he doesn't have Hutchins on board. I'm telling you, <laughs> he might learn a thing or two. Uh, anyway, well, thank you so much for joining me, mate. I really appreciate you sharing your story, the Izzo Army, the coaching you do, and also what got you to, back to the Adelaide Hills Hawks, the, the area you grew up in. Thank you, brother. It's always a pleasure, my friend. The Adelaide Hills Hawks, Daniel Pauley. Make sure you subscribe to Kicking It Local wherever you get your podcasts so you can get a taste of the SA football community. Plus, follow at Kicking It Local SA on Instagram and Twitter so you don't miss any of the action. See you soon.